Welcome to The Ether. Today is Tuesday, February 1st, 2022. This episode of The Ether is brought to you by Luart. Luart is the first gamified NFT platform built on the Terra network. Luart provides a seamless minting and trading experience, all while earning you rewards just for being a user. Be sure to follow them on Twitter and join the community in Discord for the most up-to-date news and announcements regarding all the hot new NFT launches, platform upgrades, and new projects hitting the secondary marketplace. Be sure to catch Silent Solos minting on February 7th. Are you ready to put your helmet on and join the movement? Find out more at luart.io. This episode of the Ether is also brought to you by WeFund. WeFund is a community crowdfunding cross-chain incubator on Terra and is the first launchpad that implements a milestone funding release system to protect investors. All money raised for projects is deposited in Anchor Protocol and is refundable, and all decisions are based on community voting power. WeFund is community-focused and designed to be a user-friendly experience for both project creators and investors. Be sure to follow them on Twitter and join the Telegram for more information. Links are in the show notes, and check Check them out online at wefund.app. TerraSpaces appreciates the support from all our sponsors. Today on the Ether, we have a chat from the Terra Investment Strategies server on Discord there, hosted by Orbital Command. Uh, the first part is a Jackal DAO introduction there on the Secret Network, and then the second half goes in discussing things Galactic Grids. It's just a fun chat. Lots of good info. Let's take a listen. Hey guys, all that able to finally make it in here yeah i mean it was it was finn that put us in touch can't remember there was a tweet that we were sort of chatting on was it social media platforms like working out our wallet addresses and then just basically working out where all our yeah. phones are something like that yeah it's, it's a really interesting concept i think the tweet was talking about twitter having verification for the the ability to verify your wallet with twitter and they could mine that information i think if i remember correctly yeah well uh, essentially, Jocko is is the product that we're looking to kind of fix this centralization issue of of data, and and the reason why we got pinged is, is because we're the cybersecurity experts that started to build this little product. But when when it comes to kind of decentralization of anything or trying to incorporate decentralized entities such as wallet addresses or third-party applications into centralized systems is that it kind of takes away from that whole concept because if you look at how these things are set up, they all have these centralized choke points of failure and they also have access to the data. It also could be argued right now that every single decentralized entity isn't decentralized currently because uh, you'll notice when AWS goes down, every single DeFi entity goes down as well, whether that be a swap or a DAX or community or a DAO. Um, same thing with Google outages, because all of the cloud storage or hot storage that's needed for applications to be what they need to be is very centralized, where it comes it comes from 
only really four companies, uh, Microsoft, Google, Amazon, or Alibaba Cloud, depending on where you are in the world. And that's kind of the thing that we're looking to, to switch up a little bit and create this peer-to-peer network that uses Filecoin kind of as an archiving system and the secret network for uh, file tree management and transactions so that you can have all your files um, it's have all your files, for example, in a ledger that you would have to access through a Kepler wallet. These are very interesting questions. I think, um, I think maybe we could do some introductions and, uh, I have been involved with ATX DAO here in Austin, Texas, and we've been ramping up and kind of looking for good DAO tooling and, you know, questioning some of these, uh, what combinations of web two versus web three technologies do you use and what, what are the trade-offs? So I am, I'm interested. I'll, uh, Start off with the introduction and what JackalDAO is. Yeah. Um, so my name is Patrick. Uh, I'm one of the co-founders of JackalDAO. I work on the business development side of things. Marston is my co-founder. And kind of how we got here is we're from the digital investigations and cryptocurrency forensics industry where we help law firms um, deal with pretty much everything on rec news, I guess would be a good example to, to explain that. But um, we were building like this e-discovery tool and we realized that there was no, we had only two options. We wanted to incorporate blockchain technology for like chain of custody and evidence management because the, the bare bones of blockchain is great for something like that. But we realized if we wanted to store the data, our two options, because you can't get all the data completely on chain, um, our two options were either, okay, we do Google, which is now you're trusting a third party with all of this evidence. Or the other option is we put a server in the office and that's susceptible to cyber cyber attacks and DDoS attacks and all these things. So we built wanted to build this kind of full infrastructure layer for DeFi. And that's kind of how we got here. Very interesting. So you actually were working with law firms, but now it's become a more broad uh, product for DAOs in general. Yeah, well, we had to kind of take a step back because for us to build the product we wanted to deliver, we didn't have the infrastructure needed. And if you look at the current storage providers, how amazing they are, they're more of like archiving layers or something you want for to kind of put files away for a long time, not really have that utility and speed and ease of use factors. So that's what we were trying to build, stand on the shoulders of giants, essentially, and, and use them as an archiving system while we build our quick caching layer um, that is needed for applications to be built was the the idea. And uh, feel free, I can break down anything a little bit more. I know them kind of, I've been used to kind of speaking at a really high level of these things because the, the VCs we talk to usually try to nitpick at the mini, uh, little minuscule things. But um, that's kind of how we are looking to build this peer-to-peer caching layer where we'd have our own miners and all these different things as well. Yeah, very cool. Yeah, it's interesting. I've been in blockchain for a long time. I way back in 2011, I was at UT and um, here in Austin, University of Texas, Austin, and it was like a Satoshi's, you know, white paper came out and we're all in a computer science department like, hey, this is really cool. You know, this is all just like hashing and cryptography. This is all just computer science wrapped up together to form a product that can actually replace a bank. This is amazing. Um, and so the technology, um, and, you know, it's a ledger. A ledger goes way back to, I was reading uh, Leonardo da Vinci, and his dad was like a public um, uh, notary, you know, and, and he would uh, actually keep a book and had really good handwriting and, and would keep track of who owned what. You know, everybody in the town had to trust this person 
to write down these assets in a book. So this is a, you know, a blo blockchain is trying to solve uh, a problem that has existed since, you know, society existed. And the applications is, is really remarkable. Obviously money is what it's known for and where it's gotten the most attention. Um, but the ability to, um, in a transparent, irrevocable way, um, keep track of important things like legal documents, like uh, governance votes, um, like property ownership, um, are all things that are also valuable. And so that's why I think that, you know, this year may be the year of the DAOs where, um, you know, we begin to see um, organizations, companies, government uh, subsets use the blockchain technology um, to, um, you know, govern in a more efficient and effective way with low overhead. So uh, tools like uh, JackalDAO, I think, are going to be, right now, it's a little bit difficult. Um, and so let me maybe tell you some of the challenges we're having with ATX DAO and maybe some of the ways you could help solve that. Um, for example, being cross-chain, uh, doing payroll, um, um, you know, matching up our real-world expenses with our on-chain expenses are things that we've been able to solve, but um, it's mostly in spreadsheets and it's mostly with the kind of a hodgepodge of tools like Gnosis Safe um, and snapshot.org and then the high gas fees of Ethereum, et cetera, et cetera. So, are those things that maybe Jackal could help out with? Yeah, so what Jackal would help out with would be kind of the access controls if you wanted to make a DAO, for example. And, and we see your DAO as, as one big file tree, kind of one big folder as a root folder for it. And if you want to have people working in different silos and have all that data completely on chain where it couldn't be touched by um, nefarious actors or governments, essentially, because right now with your Excel spreadsheets, um, for example, if some of your DAO members live in a country where it's not acceptable to be part of a DAO, or some of your DAO members are, can, can be oppressed away from the DAO in a specific reason, uh, whatever that may be, those Excel spreadsheets and all your information that is, is probably being used right now is, is sitting on a Google or AWS server. And if we see kind of, this is, I know it's, it's kind of, Light, light years ahead of kind of where we are right now. We're just trying to get everything up and running. But the end game of this is I don't think that the enterprises that you're using to build the systems that you're building right now would be on the same team if this came to a DeFi versus centralized application end game. So mm -hmm. what we're trying to build are, are resilient applications that you don't have to rely on um like an Amazon or a Google uh, that wouldn't agree with whatever situation that, that you're you're trying to promote with your DAO, or we're we're trying to create the, this ability to have full control of your data, not only sign all transactions of your data, but also kind of interact with applications in a different way. So, for example, if you had DAO members that want to hire cybersecurity posture because they're uncomfortable with where they live or whatever the situation may be, they just want really good digital hygiene or something like that. Um, instead of you keeping an Excel spreadsheet as the DAO leader of everyone in the DAO and everything that happens that way, imagine there was a world where you would log in with your wallet address if we actually want to be decentralized and you give the DAO 
read only or read and write permissions to a specific file in your wallet. So that instead of the way we interact with applications right now, and the reason why a lot of applications are free is because they mine your data and sell your data and do monetize your data. So we're trying to create this kind of paradigm shift where the end user controls their own data and you'd be able to give the DAO only read or only write permissions so that they maintain control of their data at all times. And if you didn't want to be a member of the DAO anymore, you can turn off the permissions to incorporate yourself as a DAO member. And it comes with a little bit of engineering to kind of switch this business model for a lot of different organizations. But that's kind of what we're trying to build is is give the full privacy stack that would allow for decentralization to exist is kind of where we're going with this. Very cool. Yeah, that's, <laughs> I think people take that for granted that, you know, you use Web2 technologies and that kind of defeats the purpose of being decentralized, but um, that tooling doesn't really exist today. So it's good to see that you're working on that. And yeah. also, there's various components like storage um, and, um, you know, networking that also kind of needs to be solved. Yeah. Well, the, the other thing is is resilient web hosting. If you look at Mirror right now, they're hosted on IPFS, I believe, if I remember correctly, um, because it's not an acceptable service in a lot of different regions, right? Um, that's great, but there's still a centralized server to pin files. So we're trying to kind of engineer our way out of this corner of, of trying to give the tooling of ability to create fully DeFi entities. Things like resilient web hosting, you could host a website on Jackal if you would want. And the way we're able to do that is this decentralized peer-to-peer -peer network where all the information is encrypted on the end user's device before it gets pushed to our nodes. It's a, and we're kind of playing with all these different things such as um, access permissions where you get read and write permissions that like we touched about that earlier. But another really interesting thing is you can start to play with instant messaging and socials as well. Um, I don't know if you guys are familiar with Altermail. They're a really interesting application um, where this is all kind of stuff that's going on in the secret network because that's kind of our, our wheelhouse. But the things that you could build with Jackal particularly, and here's another really interesting thing if you want to go down that route of kind of, Anyone in the IBC, once Secret Network hooks into the IBC fully, could call the Jacko contract and smart contracts could have folders of data, which is another kind of whole other thing in itself. Or imagine the NFTs that we're buying. You could take the NFTs where you only have only one person in the entire world could see the NFT, and that's the end user when they sign their private key from their ledger. It, it, what Jacko's kind of building in is this programmable privacy for data storage on blockchain. And it, it's it's kind of this really abstract idea, but that's kind of where we're building right now. Very cool. Yeah, tell us a little bit more about uh, Secret. I think we tend to be focused on Terra, so there's a lot of people that are um, not as familiar with Secret and IBC, even though that's a great resource, um, Terra being in the IBC universe. Absolutely. So what Secret is, is it's one of the oldest blockchain projects, actually. It started with something called Enigma that was built on the Ethereum network, if I know my history correctly. Um, and they tried to create this idea that your transactions and everything on the blockchain could be private by default. So instead of having, for example, you wanted to make it so that 
the account balance in your secret address would be only available to see by the end user with a viewing key or that end user can share viewing keys to other users. And essentially what, what that was able to build is this ability to have programmable privacy where only if, if you, you can start wrapping different assets and you can also do things with NFTs um, where they kind of have their own standard. They call it the SNP20 standard. And they also have a SNP721, I believe, for NFTs where only the end user can see what the NFT is or certain aspects of the NFT. And that's that programmable privacy we thought was important to incorporate with our product, particularly because the ability that to have that programmable privacy when you're dealing with sensitive data, uh, such as your tax return or such as something that you legal documents or um, just give the ability to have that as, as choice. And that's kind of what Jackal is, is about having the choice to be public or be private or share your information or not, or sell your data if you want to, but you don't have to, if you don't want to. So we're trying to kind of build this open source software for people to build on. And, Secret Network allows us to have programmable privacy in the transactions of the data, essentially, so that not everyone can see it on chain completely. Very cool. Yeah, you know, there's a lot of things like with NFTs that are so cool, but um, if everyone can see everything that you own or if they know your uh, NFT, then they know your wallet and your complete financial transaction history. That's uh, problematic. Or if you're trying, if you're buying an NFT and then anyone can access all the information about the NFT, that's not quite as valuable as, um, you know, having an NFT that you purchased that you, there's part of it everyone can see and part of it that only you and those people you designate can see it. Really, really powerful yeah. capabilities uh, there. Another thing that, that I like to think of it is it's really hard to have industry on chain um, when everything is public and it's really hard to sell something such as like professional services. Um, if you want to be an accountant on chain, and I like to use this as an example where um, you can do the taxes for an individual and then they can unlock it as an NFT. But if it was an NFT, then no one would ever have to pay for it because they can already see the tax return before they get it and they can just submit that. Do you know what I'm trying to say there? Where you can create these these paywalls to provide industry on chain which is really interesting and that's what we're trying to promote so i'm looking at your website um and your wiki and it looks like you guys are launching pretty quickly yeah so we started well we, we built a product before and it was called um it was, it was the keepsake the e-discovery tool but we built it on polygon and um we had to scrap about six months worth of code to come and build on the secret network and the ibc that we thought was more important for user acquisition and things like that. But yeah, so on February 14th, I'm going to have to run in a few seconds and I wish I could stay in chat longer. But uh, on February 14th, we're launching the Testnet MVP. So if anyone wants to come and test the product with uh, Testnet tokens and try to break the system and all these different things, um, that would be the time to do that. And if you want to fill out forms with what you broke or how it can be better, uh, we're going to be incentivizing with pre-launch tokens. And that's our... Uh, are incentivized testing between February 14th and March 6th. And then shortly after that, we'll probably be pushing the mainnet. And we have to launch our token before we do that because we have to incentivize our nodes to provide storage. So yeah, that's nice. uh, where we are. Awesome. Well, thank you so much. Uh, I'll turn it back over to you, Andy. But uh, this was quite interesting. And I will definitely be keeping my eye on, on Jackal. So uh, I'll go sign up for the beta and yeah. uh, test 
test it out. That would be great. Yeah. If you guys want me back on any other time, it took me a while to get in here and that's my fault. But um, yeah, just hit me up and I would love to come back and chat or I'll bring my CTO if you guys have any questions and uh, we're an open book. Perfect. Perfect. Thank you. All right. Take it easy. Thanks for coming along, Patrick. <laughs> Thank you too. It's, uh, it's going over my head a little bit, but that, that is the sort of, I mean, this is, this is science fiction, this stuff. That's like, that's proper. That's really exciting. It reminds me of just, yeah, various books neuromancer and stuff like that just the possibilities yeah, technology is bringing yeah if you want to get science fiction that would be an interesting conversation you know fast forward to a world where you know nation states are consists of you know chains and you know privacy really is key or that you know there's wars between you know uh traditional government and banking and you know DeFi. And it really becomes important that there's no way that those things can be turned off. And, you know, if you can just make a call to Amazon and say, hey, turn off the, this certain, certain service or this DAO, that's problematic. So um, sure. there's, there's still a little bit of work to do. And I hope that I, I assume that, you know, we'll make a slow progression there. You know, there's also other factors like economics, like, you know, is it how expensive? Like storage on the blockchain is actually quite expensive, right? Because you're optimizing for um, distributed, uh, non-reversible, you know, data, uh, not for speed and for cheapness, right? So, um, anyway, I, it's really interesting to see them working on this, and I'm definitely interested. Right now, I think most DAOs are kind of a hybrid where you have <laughs> Web two and Web three uh, technologies. But yeah, mm -hmm. that was that was good. Um, we'll have to follow up with him later. Thanks everyone for jumping on. Thanks for the questioning, Joseph. I mean, that's, de that's definitely something I've heard you talking about before, all about sort of like web using Web3 provide services. And the mm -hmm. sort of, what's the dichotomy that we're stuck using, well, sort of a leg, well, Web2, we're wanting to yeah. be offering Web3 services. So kind of, yeah. I, I think it's, it's, yeah, it's going to be super valuable. Like if you've ever worked in a volunteer organization or, um, and you have usually a treasurer and there's one person that has like this bank account and everybody kind of trusts that person to do the right thing and they've got a spreadsheet somewhere you know that any really anyone can go and edit uh and then and the treasurer takes a lot of risk and so with multi-sig wallets it's really actually quite nice did you guys catch like okay so there's already decentralized storage solutions out there right like you have the two major ones filecoin which is the pay as you go and rweave which is the pay once store forever but those are for like files that you just want to be available for anyone to verify at any point. Like there's no privacy at all in there. It sounded like he was saying that he's trying to go after, not after that market really, but more after storing files in a secret way, but also not so much about like long-term storage, more about like caching. Did you guys, uh, were you able to connect exactly the use case of this? Yeah, it sounded like they were building kind of a file system. So imagine like a Google <laughs> Drive. Um, but you can sign permissions to people to certain folders within that drive. So okay. just like with a Google Drive, you could do this on chain. So you'd be like assigning permissions to like someone's secret address, I guess. And then they would have a view key to view the data. And like, I don't understand how like write permissions work. Cause like once you write something to the blockchain, you can't delete it, right? Um, well, IPFS, you can delete and edit. So I think it would be the storage for the blobs would probably be IPFS. And then on the chain would be the pointers to those blobs. That's how NFTs work. You know, it's just basically a set of metadata. And one of the properties is the URL. 
to the blob stored in IPFS or wherever else you want to store it. You can even store it in Amazon if you want. So if the um, blob's on IPFS, that means the data is there unprotected, right? Just the pointer on how to access the data is what's encrypted. But if someone actually could find it on IPFS, they'd still be able to uh, view it? No, it's probably encrypted on IPFS. Uh, sorry, I missed your interview, but I, I've been talking with Dooney and Marsh, and uh, I interviewed them like way back. So the way that works is you have a client on your computer, and that's what decrypts the file. And mm -hmm. the node that they have, the, the JackalDAO node, doesn't uh, is only to tie you up with file storage. It doesn't it doesn't track what it's holding, if that makes sense. Gotcha. And so your yeah. wallet has to decrypt it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. It's it, so essentially imagine like once it lands on your computer, then it gets decrypted, and then uh, before it leaves your computer, uh, it's encrypted. Gotcha. That makes sense. That's cool. Cool. Thanks for breaking that down. Yeah, no worries. And you can manage those uh, viewing keys because they're not, the model is more similar to a token, the way your files are stored. So, uh, you, and you can manage the viewing keys in a, in a temporary way. So you can assign a viewing key and then remove that viewing key uh, to any given file. Nice. Uh, so I'm super new to Jackal. Is this wiki page like the best place to go if I wanted to like see the white paper and like the planned architecture, the use cases, all that kind of stuff? Do you know uh, Taui? Uh, I'm trying to find a link to their Medium page. Give me, give me a minute. Yeah, Jackal underscore DAO is their Twitter, and that has links to their website, jackaldao.com. Yeah, and then on there, I see a link to a wiki page, which looks like it's got some good info on it, mm. on Notion. Sorry, Notion. Yeah, that's that's the base point. That's a good place to start. I, I okay. don't know why I said Medium. I meant to say Notion. Awesome. Um, any more discussion on Jackali secret stuff? But yeah, also, uh, Teow, uh, is there a place I could see your interview that you did with them? Oh, I don't have the recording anymore, but I can send you my notes. I have a little point form note summary of it. Oh, that'd be awesome. Um, it looks like there's already a Terra Spaces up with JackalDAO. Has anyone got any hypotheses on which major American sports team is going to get sponsorship? I do. So did you Mom. see in uh, in the uh, the proposal how I said there were like three trustees and one of them was uh, Ryan from DraftKings? Okay. So I noticed that DraftKings already has a partnership with uh, the Celtics, the 76ers, and the Pacers. So that's kind of my thought, is that it might be one of those, just because they already have a relationship with those different franchises. But I've also heard a lot of people talking about it maybe being uh, the Mavericks, but I haven't seen any like evidence on that, really. What I love about what you just said there, everything is NBA. That's, I, think, I think it's NBA. I don't care what team it is. But like, as long <laughs> as it's NBA, like... I will be ecstatic. Yeah. I mean, a team that can get to the playoffs, obviously, but like 76ers would be fine. Pacers, love that. Hell, yeah. It's pretty cheap, to be honest, in my opinion. Like 40 million to get like five years of advertisement from a major franchise. It's just a pretty good deal to me. I mean, it's, it's, not, it's not like advertising on their shirts and stuff, is it? It's just 
like a regular well, I mean, stadium like, and stuff. Yeah, they were gonna like name one of the lounges like the Terra Lounge. I thought I saw something about uh like some other promotional stuff. I need to read through it again more detailedly. Yeah, yeah, it's it's gonna be a good deal, all right. I mean, I, yeah, I can't imagine Doe going for. It. I mean, he would want he would want the best. Yeah, NBA is the best. I think as far as advertising goes. I mean, Crypto.com just paid what seven hundred million or whatever for the Staples Center. But that's for so. the, that's for that's for the stadium or the center, isn't it? This this rebranding the stadium. So yeah, that's not what we're going for. But so I suppose that does put forty million into kind of a context. Yeah. Is this going to be like the crypto Super Bowl? <laughs> we're gonna have hey, lots the, of uh, the Rams have the uh, the Terra Luna colors, so I'll be rooting for them. <laughs> <laughs> Nice. We we need a pick me up. <laughs> yeah, I don't know if you saw uh, one of Hutch's uh, tweets from like a week or two ago. He was at one of the LA Ram games, and he had his uh, Terra Luna kicks on. But just oh, there's so much blue and yellow in that picture. It's beautiful. Oh. <laughs> you got the shoes. Yeah, have you seen this? You can get uh, oh, I forget what the website's called, but uh, he linked it in his post. But you can get like custom crypto kicks. Oh, wow. Wow. <laughs> That's cool. Yeah. I think the uh, the Solana ones actually look the coolest because they're like full shoe skin theme, even though I don't really like Solana that much. I think their shoe looks badass because the, the Luna one's just a logo on like a plain white shoe, but the Solana one's like a full oh. on skin theme. It's not, yeah, right. Okay, I thought you meant it was full, full colors. That would be nice. Right, Ed, when we record and we're going to do this thing. When is the mint for Galactic Grids? It's on the fifth, right? It's, yeah, so it's very, very soon. So basically, it has to. I need to send these names to Karma because she's saying like, and in fact, it's not the names I need to send; it's the wallet addresses. So I need to like contact the people that have won, them up, and then. Have you read much about the Galactic Grids? Um, I know a couple of people that are involved with it. Um, Aquamage and Jason. I think it's going to be epic. I mean, I it, it often with these NFT things, well doctor kind of knows how to pick an nft but for me i often find that like it's not until the the nft is out and people are like wow this is really valuable and cool and this is what you can do with it not until that happens that i think oh yeah that that, that should, i should have done a mint on that so i i, I can see that this one well i mean the, the first application is really just as a sort of gallery to display your nfts and cool um, do you? It's, what more do you know? Uh, what has me going is the the chat feature, the ability to then subdivide your community into into individual colonies and sectors within the colony, right? So, like they were mentioning uh, the like you, they were mentioning on setting up chat channels, and I'm pretty sure Gravidao is involved with all of this too. Um, so let's say you pick your first word to be Terra, then your second word to be um, Prism, and then the third word is whatever, it doesn't matter. So you will be in the, the Terra colony chat, but then you'll also be in the Terra Prism sector chat. And then that's like your little sub-community within the whole grids community. Right? Wow. So that has me excited. And that's why I think a lot of emphasis is going to go from my side a lot of emphasis is going to go into selecting the first two words and the order of the first two words, right? 
was thinking D. Can you only pick one? one? Uh, so you can you had you pick three words in total, right? Um, mm -hmm. But sorry, go on. Yeah, I was just curious if you how that worked. Do you pick one three word phrase, and that determines like forever where you are situated and what messages you get? Uh, I I don't know about the messages you get, but that's your 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 virtual location. So like the first word is like the city you're in. Then the second word is like your street or the neighborhood you're in. And then the third word is like the number of the house. So can 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 two people live in the same house? Nope. So like so the three word phrase is unique. Yes. So you will have wow. the first two words common with a bunch of people and that's your community. But the third word is you specifically. Um, but there can be other people with the third word, right? But they won't have the three words in that order. So like there can be, yeah. so let's say the third word is wag me. So there can be, there can only be one uh, Luna prism wag me, but there can be another person that's Luna Terra wag me, right? Yeah. But that's like, it's still in the Luna colony. Instead, you're in the prism sector, and that other person is in the terra uh, terra sector, and you're both wag me. Oh, yeah. I mean, a lot of the applications of this, I, it's, I find it quite hard to conceptualize until they're made real. Yeah, but, yeah. Know, I, I was listening exciting. to their yeah, I was listening to their their AMA that they had there, right? And it was good. It was good. And I wrote up a little thread for Terra Spaces uh, to summarize what they put down in their AMA. It's it totally has me worked up. I'm super excited about this one. Was, it, was that yeah, AMA on Sunday? I want to yeah, say yes. Here it is. Yeah, I I'll put a link. Yeah. It's a good one. I uh, actually ran into uh, Octomage and the other guy at uh, Decentralcon in Miami. And they told me a little bit about this, but one of the features that they were initially really excited about was just the idea of being able to filter your NFTs. Because like a lot of times you don't want to show someone every NFT that you have, which happens like when you give someone your random earth address, they can see like what NFTs you own, how much you paid for them, all that kind of stuff, right? So there's a way to kind of like just be like, hey, here's a showroom. You won't really know necessarily uh, every NFT that they have is my understanding. Yeah. yeah. So we can choose what we put into the showroom. <laughs> Yeah, they said eight would be like you pick your top eight to begin with, and then eventually the the idea is to go beyond just one room. So they want to have it so that you can set up multiple rooms, and then you can have one room for your Galactic Punks collection, and the other room for the monkeys, and then the other room for whatever the bulls, and then you can stylize those rooms with certain wallpaper and windows and floors and whatnot. It's really cool. And then Karma was even saying that she wants to have like a wall of shame in there too. <laughs> like you can show off all the ones that you're not proud of. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> I've got a few of those. <laughs> yep. Are you, Debbie, are you on the whitelist through GP? Uh, I actually haven't even checked. <laughs> oh man, you got to get on that. It's on the, Do you know where I checked that? Just, just, yeah, in the Discord, there's like an announcement and then. Okay. If you. You do, right, like, I don't know. Yeah, you just read the announcement. It tells you to do a few things and then okay. maybe get it. I'll, in the I'll colonies or the Galactic Pump? In Galactic Punks. I don't think colonies is an NFT, is it? Like the, the grids is what gets you access to the colony. Uh, okay, gotcha. Or do you gotcha. have to purchase your room on top of your grid? That, no. I didn't no. catch that part. 
Christ, that is my understanding was we mint the grid and then then we're we're kind of in. And yeah, and then you just get the room from the colonies. Yeah, right. So we're going to do this draw. Um, active variable is recording. But tear and uh, or send it in the in the competition. Being as there's a couple of people here, if you are want to be added to this potential galactic grids winning whitelist ticket. Um, Aaron, support us. I'm not sure if you're on the list, if that's something that interests you, if you want to unmute and say, say hello or whatever. Put you on. If you're not first, we will just draw it with the 27 people on the list. There's a 5 in 27 chance of being quite listed for a galactic grid. Put you on uh, the, I mean, I'm in the, I'm in the galactic DAO, but... I haven't followed their Discord in a little bit. I'm looking right now too. I think I think it was like I I I got one for active. So maybe it's like I I don't think it's just for number. Well, I hope it's not just for number of posts because that I don't, I don't like getting rewarded for number of posts. I won't worry about it. I think my uh, desired grid name will be uh, available. <laughs> I'm looking at the list right here and. Uh, Anyone who holds a Galactic Dow Punk snapshot of holders uh, will be taken Wednesday, February 3, is 2000 UTC. Ah. That's I mean, stage two. That's stage two. That's and, stage the mint two okay. price, yeah, and the mint price is two Luna, and you have a maximum of two mints. Nope. So should I, I spread my go for it. I'm Galactic, not do it. should I spread my Galactic Punk across my wallets so I get more grids? <laughs> <laughs> that's a good way to game it. <laughs> You can have a, uh, a summer home and a winter home. <laughs> Be the first snowbird <laughs> <Yeah>. in uh, Terra. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I'm going to do this thing. Okay, so we've got a list of from 1 to 27 people. First person to be on this. I'm just going to refresh this page. We've got 1 to 27. First winner of the whitelist spot is 14. 14. My goodness, that's a Chinese uh, tie, maybe. Just gonna... these are Twitter people names, so you can just yeah, add Discord, them. Discord name, yeah. Discord, okay. That was the first one. Anyone? Keep it going. Not really hyping up the excitement here, but anyway, third <laughs> winner, <laughs> potential winner. Woo! Yay! Coming in third, number, number two. two. There's Johnny Clean. Yeah, I've got to stroll up on that Johnny Clean. Two more. Twenty-three. Dan's got his fingers crossed for the old twenty-seven. <laughs> I do. Yambino, congratulations. And the last one. Drum roll. Six. This is kind of like that winning is... a new home. Yeah. <laughs> uh, it's a home for your NFTs. Yeah. You need to come um, in with okay. one of those gigantic checks to the door. <laughs> <laughs> the metaverse. Right, so we'll these will be the first... Yeah, these will be the first five people I contact, and they've probably got about 24 hours tops. Um, should they not get back in touch, I think we'll have some sort of backups. Um, Dan, you can just go straight in there. Um, along with, we've got a couple of um, moderators in here as well, should none of the winners claim their spots. That concludes the drawing for the five Galactic Grids whitelist spots from Orbital Command.
Awesome. Nice. Looking forward to seeing everyone's uh, colonies and grids once they're up and running. Yeah, that's choosing the choosing the words is going to be. Yeah, the game theory behind that is amazing, right? Yeah, yeah, like yeah. <laughs> you're literally picking a neighborhood for your virtual world. <laughs> that's it. You want to get yeah. You want to get there. <laughs> you want to live in Manhattan. So what? You going to tell us your address? Maybe tell us the first two, uh, Dan. <laughs> Oh, um, let me pull up that list again. So lately, I've been a huge Cosmos fan. So I'm probably going to try to get into Cosmos either as my number one or my number two. Uh, but yeah, I don't know the full the full uh, address yet of what I'd like. I also don't want to disclose it in case anyone else gets a stab at it before me. <laughs> yeah, it seems like Terra is a good one. Wagme is a good one. DeFi is a good one. But who knows? Alien. <laughs> it seems like it's hard to know what's going to be valuable until you know who else is in there. The, the, yeah. Right. So I think like a bunch of dudes are probably having private conversations or group conversations and trying to organize this for sure. Okay. Well, we're it's the same thing, right? It's sorry. We're a bunch of dudes having conversations. <laughs> yeah. I, I mean, I think I think Terra would be a good. Show. I was going to go for DeFi, but I'm beginning to think Terra might be a. And not Luna, hey, but Terra. I think a lot of people are just going to want to be around their, uh, wherever their friends or their uh, community people are. So like, true. They'll, whoever says it first and says like, oh, I'm going to be here. So if like Denku came out and said, I'm going to be here, oh, uh, wag me. And everyone's going to try yeah. to get yeah. there. Yeah. I was considering wag me as my third word, but, but definitely not one or two. Anchor. Have you Fine. seen the list of all the different options in uh, the Punks Discord? Yeah, I'm just yeah. Make it out just now. Glitchy glitch. I'm I'm a bit. I'm considering the old glitch district. Not maybe not the glitch district, but the glitch glitch street. Around no, that glitch. is district. So colony is the the city, and then district is like the equivalent of okay, uh, like your right. street. So yeah, call Terra glitch. Yeah, you want the Terra Colony and then the Glitch District, eh? Dude, Glitch yeah, District sounds pretty awesome. Just that name alone. <laughs> monkey, M-O-N-K-E. What's that? That's supposed to be monkey with a Y. Yeah, I don't know. Monkey. Maybe it's like one of the uh, mispronounced or miss, uh, spells like friends and stuff like that. And oh, when. Oh, yeah. I don't know why none of you want to be in the Deegan sector. Man, I'll tell, tell you why I don't want to be in the degen sector. Degen. Yeah. Like I I was I was like at Christmas time, like peak Luna so far anyway. Yeah. I was all about the um, Luna Omics like lever up to um, buy more Luna. Right. And I'm I'm done with that, man. I won't I won't <laughs> I'm 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 conservative. See when this see when this Neptune finance comes out, I'm like, yes, that's what I need. Stable <laughs> 15% on my Luna, I'll, I'll just take it. I hear you. I still you. think it's a smart decision to do that strategy. It's just, I felt like I timed, I timed it wrong. I uh, pulled the trigger at uh, when Luna was 61. So I feel like if you can uh, okay. get it at the bottom, like it's awesome. Like I agree, it's a great way to grow wealth. 61 is better than 95 or whatever. True. <laughs> Now lately lately I've been doing a lot of uh osmosis stuff. There's some uh juicy stuff in there. I don't know if you guys play around with uh, anything on Cosmos, but 
it's pretty cool. Yeah. I, I was a bit on Cosmo on Osmosis, but not been in there recently. Yeah, I suppose it might be a good time to sort of try and cup a few cheapish tokens. What I noticed was uh, the Rango exchange ties into basically the whole cos- uh, ecosystem of Cosmos and then also all the other EVM chains and everything. So you can legit just uh, put a transaction in from Ethereum <clears throat> and it'll route it through Binance Smart Chain, through the wormhole bridge, onto Cosmos, uh, Osmosis, and it'll prompt all the wallets along the way the, the transaction that needs to happen. You just sit there and keep hitting accept. That's pretty cool. Yeah, it's it's a bridge slash trade uh, combo all the way through from whatever blockchain you start with to whatever you end with. Are the uh, fees pretty low, or and does that obfuscate the funds, or is that still traceable? Uh, it's traceable just as any other bridge is traceable. Mm-hmm. Um, you, there's no. It's just a bridge with a little bit of trading functionality in between. There's nothing mm-hmm. special about the trading part. But it is a very interesting and amazing uh, bridge aggregator. Gotcha. Right? Like, like remember what one inch was like back in the day when we were like, oh my God, I can just press a trade on one inch and then it'll just automatically route me to wherever I need to go from token A to token Z, right? Back when people in the US used to be able to use it. <laughs> yeah. It's the same thing, but with bridges now. I've been looking at uh, Thor chain a little bit too. Trying to figure out if I think there's a if people really care about native tokens or not versus uh peg tokens. Right. Um, I used to really care about native tokens, but I don't know how I feel anymore. <laughs> I've I've been using pegged versions of stuff for so long, like they seem to be pretty good. Uh do you do you know where they are with their mainland launch? Um, I thought they were live, aren't they? Like with Thor swap and stuff. Like you can go on there and you can pretty much swap anything. Right. Sorry, I mean like full launch because I know their their mainnet mainnet is up, but I mean uh, currently they're they're in beta. Unless I'm totally wrong. Oh uh, yeah, I'm probably not the person to ask. I just okay. saw a uh, another video on it today, and I was like, oh, okay. I should probably give uh, Thorchain another check out. At first, mm-hmm. I wasn't a big fan of the interface on there, but uh, I do think it's kind of cool the way that they're designed, where they have the double. Uh, Collateral almost. So, like, you know, the whole idea is everything is paired against uh, their rune token. Yeah. It's but the in same order thing to also DMT. provide liquidity, you also have to be staking an equal amount of that rune as well, too. Right. Almost like a two to one kind of thing. Yeah. Yeah. It's a very strong token model for sure. Yeah. But I wonder if it, it, if it will act as a barrier to entry at the same time for, for liquidity, I mean. Right. So, is Thorchain, um, Pegged or mirrored? You said native tokens versus pegged tokens. Which one is Thorchain? Yeah, so Thorchain's all native tokens. So you can trade like native Bitcoin for native Luna using their uh, Thor nodes. So like everything is like kind of specced around uh, the whole uh, Thor universe. I forget what the universe is called, but uh, they got like the Bifrost in there. But like they have different names for all the different. Uh, components of it uh let me link you guys a video that just did a great in-depth review on it i just watched it today oh it was Danku's video uh becoming a four <laughs> farmer so yeah check that out he does a great job on that one nice sorry i'm still going through the list of words there's one that's a, a bears so i think that just might be an amazing off meta thing 
this has me fully occupied the this list of words you know when i first saw bowls in this list i was thinking it meant luna bowls but i guess it we're just talking about like the standard bears and bulls right <laughs> what if you're in the bull what do you call it colony but then the bear sector <laughs> oh, there's gonna be some fun names in here for sure the bears bulls dow or the <laughs> bears and gmi that's gonna be like all the eors yep it could be like doe bears and gmi i wonder why they don't I'm have the about... <laughs> <Or the> bears <laughs> i'm curious about the secondary market on these you know because the original mentors are picking their favorite words and what if they decide to sell it because it, they've gone up in value a lot so whoever buys it has to really love that name that was picked originally yeah but just imagine you're in a sort of district with like in that that could add even more value imagine you do end up in a district with danku and stuff people might right. not care what the words are they're like wow danku's there i'll i i want that Here's, here's a thought experiment. Check it out this way, though. Let's say Rebels got a district there, and Danku ends up in the district too, and a couple of a Do Kwan ends up in that district, whatever this is, right? And you happen to have that ticket to that district. Is it not beneficial more in terms of money for you to rent that uh, rent that NFT out, so that and you collect? a payment a rent on it essentially on your virtual property because it's in a really high neighborhood <laughs> just a thought experiment really but you know rental property yeah landlord too right <laughs> people bribing danku and doe to move to their neighborhood just to raise uh rental mm. prices and stuff <laughs> just a thought experiment yeah i think maybe i've got to pick DeFi in my name somewhere <laughs> I mean, I'm going to have to have a word. Like, why, why is rebel not a keyword? <laughs> so one Terra meme that apparently I completely missed is the whole adding OR to the end of everyone's like verbs. Does anyone know the lore behind that one? <laughs> I don't know where it came from. I think uh, Shellur was the first one I can remember seeing, I think. And it's just, it's, it's gone crazy. Yeah. Yeah, the first time I saw it was when uh, Finn assigned that to uh to Hutch as like his uh remember how he made like animated NFTs for uh Sefi, Hutch and others? And Hutch was like the taxor and like all these other words. Okay. No, so, so what are these NFTs you made? Oh, they're like uh just profile pick type things that uh Finn I think had made for uh certain people. Seth, you got Seth's profile picture was you. Oh no, sorry, I'm, I'm not talking about that picture. This was like from about maybe a month or so ago, where Finn had profile pics made for some of the community he had uh, people. Pics, sorry, I think said you. Right, go yeah. Yeah, he had someone else create profile pics, and then he put in like all these funny words in there to like symbolize them. Let me see if I can find it. Oh wow, I've totally missed that. Oh man, I was supposed to get a video about prison tonight. Anyone put look at it? Have you seen the price of Prism tokens at the moment? It was four like, cents. It's like, insane. I mean, well, I suppose it's no one's got any cash to put in, but that's outrageous. Wait, is, that, is that low or is that high? I haven't followed Prism at all yet. It's low, low, low. Yeah, two and a half million is what they have as UST right now. <laughs> I've, yeah. But I, I'm not worried. They got like four days to go. True, true. 
I mean, the prime example is when uh, Ethereum had that two months of uh, ETH2 contract staking, right? All of it <laughs> happened in the second half. So I I'm not worried yet. My ETH2 is still sitting in there. Can't get it. I think it's nice having stuff locked up. I've got stuff locked up in like um, Polkadot parachain auction thing. Oh, yeah? I mean, not much, but... Oh, it found it, guys. Found it. All right, let me link this to you. I'll Biggest kick for me was uh, when I learned that when the merge happens is not the same as the unlock of the tokens. There's a six-month delay. Roughly, there, there's no timeline on that. I just posted it in voice questions. We got the Hutch or Financial Advisor, Luna Bior, Bank or. <laughs> really? Well, maybe that's it, this is when I first started seeing this happening, but I didn't know if there was something before that or not. <laughs> God, I'm struggling to find the voice questions. <laughs> he did one for uh, Steffi too. Not doing that one. But yeah, what do you think about uh, Polkadot? I haven't ever got into that ecosystem. I'm not really going to use it now. I, I, I mean, I'm just hoping I, I, I put, what did I, I bonded my, I can't even remember what the term is now, bonded or whatever. Um, and I went for Akala, which is supposed to be like a massive DeFi platform on Polkadot. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So yeah, it's like a, we'll it's like, like a two year lockup, right? And then you get Akala yeah. drops during that time. I believe so. Yeah. I'm just gonna. I, yeah, I just put it away. Just kind of out of sight, out of mind. What's right, What's your yeah. take on it, Robo? Like, how do you how do you how do you how do you wrap your head around this? The the idea that the difference between Cosmos and Polkadot, because for the most part they're essentially the same thing, but Cosmos prioritizes the sovereignty of the individual chains or site or or like the the individual app chains, right? Whereas Polkadot gives that up for more seamless interoperability at the start anyway. Like, because basically parachains are still parachains. They're not sovereign chains, whereas Luna, for example, is Terra is a sovereign chain, though it's in the IBC ecosystem. Like, how do you wrap yeah. your head around that? Um, I don't know if I necessarily have. I, I just was thinking, like, because I'm Gavin Wood, just seems to be a big brain. So I thought, We'll invest in some polka dot. Hope that he has a plan. I I, I, I mean, I, strategy in general is to invest in like people, like almost regardless of what they make. Uh, I think it's pretty awesome, like that he created the EVM and all that kind of stuff too. So like he seems like a solid person. So I think yeah, just these guys that sort of were deep in Ethereum. I mean, I did used to have a bit of ADA. Don't have that anymore. <laughs> now, another another thing I've invested in is something called Luxo. Heard of that one? Right. Um, is that that like a uh, marketing brand almost, where they make like exotic like things? So it's going to be again. I don't fully understand it, but it's going to be some sort of NFT play on designer fashion. A guy who's involved, or the main guy in that is um, Fabian or Fabian Vogelsteller. It was I think he designed like is it ERC seven twenty one standard? Is that whatever whatever the NFT standard was on Ethereum, he came up with that apparently. Interesting. Again, that was just investing in a guy who's done some yeah stuff in the past. Wait, I I, I met that guy at uh Decentricon. He created something called like Sue Squares or something, I think. What is that? No idea, Dan. What's that? <laughs> 
Uh, it's kind of like grids almost, to be honest. And it's, it's been out for like forever, like many years. And it's on Ethereum. If you just go to uh, Google Sue Square, like S-U-S-Q-U-A-R-E-S. But he, uh, he said he was the creator of the ERC-721 standard. Okay. Unless I've got muddled up. I'm going to check him just now. I'm trying to find out what his name is. Yeah, William Entrican. Is that the same guy you said that's with Lux? Oh, different guy. I can spell his name. Ooh, one of them's lying about being the first creator of ERC-721 then. <laughs> Let me find out what he did. Oh, sorry, I got it wrong. ER, author of ERC-20 and ERC-20. Sorry, author of ERC-20 and ERC-725. Ah, uh, okay. I don't even know what Not 725 is. Sounded impressive. I'll be in Volgasteller. Which, um, I was curious, which wallets do you guys use? Do you guys like use XDFi or Liquality or just use TerraStation and MetaMask? Station and Kepler for me are my primary two. Yeah. Uh-huh. Kepler's pretty awesome. I found out that uh, the Osmosis team actually built the wallet. I didn't know that. So they control both the okay. uh, the chain of osmosis and the wallet and the token. They say that it, having uh, control of all three of those allows them to do some really cool things that no one else can do. Yeah, I'll buy that. Yeah, that's cool. I, it seems like a little bit of extra step to have always have to bridge to osmosis. Um, but it is a nice interface once you get there. One uh, really cool thing, and I'm thinking about making a video on this, is you know how like everyone's waiting for Cash and Alice to come out so they can spend their uh, UST like at the grocery store and whatnot? Mm-hmm. You can, uh, using Osmosis, you can basically take your uh, UST rewards from like your liquidity pools and through crypto.com, you can send like your crow over, you can swap it to USTT, you can then throw it on your crypto.com card and you can swipe that at the grocery store. So, like, mm. you can technically get off fiat right now if you want to. It's, uh, it's a couple more steps than how it will be when uh, Cash and Alice come out. But I did think that it was pretty cool that I could actually uh, just take my yield rewards and throw them right on my uh, card. Nice. Nice. Bankless. Yeah. <laughs> well, I had to figure out something because I stopped working uh, this year, and I'm going to need fiat soon to uh, pay some bills, and I've been trying to figure out how do I want to move my crypto back into fiat, but I might just end up doing this. I mean, just spend it on a credit card. Just wait a little while. My credit card's pretty much maxed out already. <laughs> I've got to do No, I'm, I mean like these, <laughs> the, the Akash and the, what was the other one that just came out? Outlet. Uh, like one of those ones. Oh, gotcha. Yeah, I heard about Outlet. Uh, wait, Akash isn't doing something Sorry, like that, right? Sorry, I meant to say Cash. Cash. Cash, Sorry. okay, yeah. <laughs> I, I misspeak of words every now and then, sorry. <laughs> uh, all good. Yeah, no, uh, uh, Cash looks uh, very cool. I'm excited for when that comes out. We've got, uh, or Dr. Doscoin is doing a outlet for spaces next week at some stage. Is that, so right, is that available for anyone already? Like, can anyone get an outlet card or is that still like a wait list kind of thing? Sure. Speaking to a guy from, let me just check. 
So uh, have any of you guys played around with uh, DAODAO yet? D-A-O, D-A-O? I haven't, no. So it's, uh, it's on Juno Network, which is another one of the Cosmos chains. But anyone can go create the DAO, and it'll let you do a few things. So you basically say, hey, I want to create a DAO. This is going to be the name of my DAO. These are going to be the members of my DAO. This is going to be the token that my DAO uses. This is how much uh, of my token is going to be in the DAO's treasury. And that is how much is going to go to each member initially. So basically it creates this whole thing. So I did this for my, uh, my Discord community. So the six founders and I, we each got like a thousand of my uh, token. And you can create proposals using this too. So you can say like, hey, uh, do we want to bring on this other person? Do we want to give them some funds from the treasury? So you can like set up proposals for spending. It's, it's really cool actually. And it's all on Juno, so it's uh, fast and pretty cheap. Hmm. I'll link, link this to you guys too, because it's, and anyone can do it. It's a super cool experience. Yeah, I played around with squads on Solana, and uh, it was kind of a similar thing where I'm not sure if it was a token, it was just uh, weighted uh, voting power. Okay. And you could give that to people. Um, Safe.apollo.farm was launched on Terra. But it's somewhat limited in that all it can do is you give um, uh, voted power and what uh, quorum percentage you have to have to uh, pass the proposals. And you can just send money, UST or Luna, and then deposit or withdraw from Anchor or just a text proposal. But I'm looking to that for that to be expanded a little bit. I'll have to check it out. And on Snapshot, you can vote on proposals without um, actually paying transaction fees. That would be nice as well. DAODAO.zone? Yep. Nice. You have to have, I think, a little bit of... I think you have to make at least one Juno transaction in order for it to recognize your address as a, uh, a valid on-chain address that can be a member of a DAO. What's the name of your DAO here? It's in the list. Oh, it is. Uh, I'll send you the exact link to my DAO if you want to see it. <laughs> Dan, Dan, though. No, so I run a, uh, I've run a Discord server probably for about six months called CCDFi, so cryptocurrency and DeFi. It's mostly just a bunch of my real-life friends and people that I've worked with in the past, and we just kind of talk about all sorts of different cryptocurrency and DeFi stuff. But uh, cool. is the uh, link to my exact DAO. I just created it today, so I haven't done any uh, proposals yet. Nice, nice. Yeah. Where's Zen? Oh, that's that's the default logo. Uh, yeah. So yours will look the same if you create it. <laughs> cool. Yeah, it's nice to have it all in one place. Can you uh, send currencies, do you know? You can. So you can, uh, in your proposals, let me see if I can show you guys an example of one of these. All right, so like when I hit new proposal, it kind of looks like this, where you can put a proposal in and you can add a different kind of message. So you can do a spend message or a mint message. And basically, you can spend either Juno, the native token of the chain, or you can spend whatever token you use for your uh, DAO. So there's two different kind of spends you can do. But like uh, what, cool. one of the things that I'm doing is, so in my Discord, we also do a uh, monthly like... Uh, stuff through uh, meetup.com where someone will like present on something that they've learned in the month 
to the rest of the, the group. So like one of the things I'm planning on doing is creating a pro proposal for, hey, whenever someone speaks, uh, like that's a presentation, they're issued more of the token from the DAO treasury. Um, so that gives them kind of like more influence over the direction of how the thing goes. Um, I thought about like trying to see if I could tie it into like the Discord level XP. So if someone like reaches level 10 XP in the server, maybe they're given some uh, tokens from the treasury so that they can help influence the way the DAO goes. And then I'm using the DAO to vote on like any kind of changes that happen in the Discord server, whether it be like adding new channels, making people moderators, I'm trying to see if I could do everything through the DAO. Mm -hmm. Very cool. Yeah, it's an interesting challenge. How do you incentivize people and prevent them from gaming the system or you know selling tokens to people that aren't really engaged and participating? Yeah. Uh, definitely a hot topic right now. Yeah, I thought about that too. I was like, should I just give myself an initial amount that like outweighs everyone so I can always overwrite the vote? I was like, no, that's not really fair. I should just give myself the same as everyone else. But yeah, it is a concern that, uh, well, I mean, I guess at the end of the day, it comes down to even if people like vote on governance stuff, there's still developers that have to implement it. So like if a vote happened, even in like something like anchor that, that protocol, the developers could technically refuse to work on it if they wanted to, like if they thought it was destructive, I would think. And it'd be the same for me, like because I'd be the one implementing the changes that the DAO votes on. If it was like destructive, I could always be like, no, I'm not gonna turn over the admin key or whatever. Yeah, in ATX DAO, we're kind of in person, so you have that advantage. Uh, you can build that trust, and we also have a kind of a process to get the proposals. Uh, you have they have to go through a committee, so that kind of helps vet them. So they don't not any random person can put a proposal up there, kind of like what has happened on Mirror. Uh, yeah, can you tell me a little more about your ATX DAO? I heard that you were part of that, but can you tell me kind of like what it is, what kind of stuff you guys vote on, how long you've been around? Yeah, we're a social DAO. We the first round zero mint was in October, and there were twenty five of us. Um, <clears throat> And we're kind of uh, our purpose is to kind of just get together crypto enthusiasts from Austin. And we've got lots of interesting people from Chainlink and Celsius and Masari that are involved. Um, and uh, we have Discord with about 800 people in it. Now we've got a members only area where you have to buy an NFT, which costs like 0.512 ETH code phone number for Austin. But that's about two thousand dollars, so it's not cheap. Um, but it's resulted in a pretty interesting group of people. We just had another round of minting, and we have another eighty-five, eighty-six people that joined. So we've raised, you know, over a hundred thousand dollars that we're going to use to put on events like at South by Southwest and Consensus. And then we've got a number of um, interesting projects we're working on with our engineering team, which is to make the NFTs that people hold valuable in that they will give you access to events. So you can use your NFT to get discounts for Eventbrite events. Oh, that's access, awesome. Yeah, access to physical spaces also. So we have a, a, a common office space where people can go and collaborate and you use your NFT to get into that space. Um, and maybe partner with uh, local businesses to get discounts um, for you know, local um, customers. I'm actually in need of someone who can do that technically. 
So earlier today, I was telling you guys that I went to the, uh, the crypto tax summit uh, this past weekend. And I actually worked with the people running the summit to launch an NFT. And I told them that the NFT could be used in the future to do things like offer discounts on products, even though I didn't know how to implement that technically. And now they're asking me uh, if I want to implement that for them. So of course I said, yes. And I was like, I can just try to find someone who can help me out with this. But do you know anyone who knows how to do that kind of Web3 integration with like things like WooCommerce that you could maybe um, put me in touch with? We're working on it and we'll, I'll let you know how it goes. Um, yet we have, I mean, that's probably one of the more <clears throat> difficult uh, engineering challenges. So I don't think it's something we'll solve right away. Okay. Um, but I'll, yeah, I can let you know. Um, yeah, I would love to do some more NFT work also. I, I would love to make some NFT real command. Just we can just even use Talos and just use that to like send thank yous to certain people like our moderators or gate access to certain you know channels mm-hmm. um so um yeah i'm interested in in that as well but yeah i don't have any uh, one specific uh but i can keep in contact um how was the tax summit i'm kind of curious about i was talking about taxes today <laughs> oh just yeah it's pretty good just on that i'm just gonna jump in dan for taxes <laughs> Europeans don't worry about this quite as much as you guys, so I will leave you to discuss your um, <laughs> pending bills. Um, it's a great <laughs> chat. Up until now, it's been a great chat. Um, <laughs> I should catch you all soon. I'm off to bed. Thank hey, you. Some of us are excited about taxes, but good night, everyone. <laughs> <laughs> it's actually it's one of my uh, favorite subjects, to be honest. Uh, yeah, so the summit went really good. Um, I've been personally studying taxes and how crypto is taxed just in general for probably the past year and a half, just because I've been so uh, concerned for my own situation about understanding everything that I want to do and what the tax liability will look like. But um, so the the main focus that they went on was they first kind of told you how different things in crypto are taxed as like an individual. And then they also kind of went into some details on like how you can do some more like tax advantage stuff inside of uh, like US retirement accounts. So talking about like how uh, you can set up uh, like 401k LLCs, IRA LLCs, uh, what kind of stuff is considered tax-free in there? What kind of stuff triggers like these like obscure taxes like UBIT and UDFI, like when you're using debt or you're getting like ordinary income. So they just went into a lot of detail on like all these kind of things. So like, I feel like in general, like I understand all the rules. The part that I'm having trouble with is how do I take all this knowledge and like relay it in a meaningful way to like normal crypto users who are DGENs, like in a way that it could help them and be interesting. So that, that's really where my challenge is right now is trying to figure out how to take all this knowledge and uh, format it in a good uh, way to be delivered. Yeah, I mean, like I had an X amount of profit from crypto last year. And so I got, I put it going to coin track. I went into coin tracking. I paid them a thousand dollars and they had to like manually edit stuff. And the, the end number came out to be pretty big. And so I'm like, Oh shoot. Now I've got this tax liability that, and then the market goes down of course in January. So I'm like, do I have even enough liquid to cover that? Um, you know, tax liability and 
It's very <laughs> uncomfortable. Um, I, and I have my own LLC, and I have actually some expenses from that, which should offset a little bit, but it's still a very small amount compared to the... Um, but yeah, setting up a, a separate entity that owns all the assets, I mean, maybe something that would be advantageous, but I don't know if it's too late um, to do that. Obviously, for that would have had to have been set up in 2001 to take advantage of that. Um, but, you know, I haven't really taken money out of crypto. I've just moved around. Like, I bought my first Bitcoin in, like, 2011 at, like, mm-hmm. 8 bucks a pop, you know, and, and just moved around. I haven't really taken anything out. But now to have, like, tax liability for that, for playing all these what seem like games is uh, is kind of a turns a fun thing into like a, <laughs> oh great now there's this full-time laborious like you know keeping track of every little lavana dr- dragon egg are oh, nfts yeah. taxed uh yep uh they are definitely taxed according so like the main thing that i kind of got away f- from the summit was that a lot of this stuff is in a gray area where when they wrote the tax code it wasn't kind of like focused around like all these advancements in technology. So the best that they can do right now is take the existing tax code and almost make an educated guess on how it applies to crypto. So like all this stuff could change. Like the people might say, hey, you don't have to worry about tracking every single like rebalance in a liquidity pool. Instead, just whenever you pull it out, only calculate it then. Like, like taxes could get simpler. Uh, but right now, I'm preparing like in a very complicated way where I'm tracking every single thing, making sure that I pay it all. I, and I know that like in the future, that if you do overpay, you can always get a credit back if you're able to uh, do that. And I'm kind of more of that position where I'd rather overpay now and uh, get a credit back rather than be deemed uh, like sleuth or I don't know what the word is that I'm looking for, but like trying to avoid taxes and have to risk things like even larger penalties or prosecution. So, so how, yeah, how would that play out? I mean, like if you've got your money in a central exchange, but then you move that over to uh, your own wallet, uh, are all those transactions like easily uh, trackable? And like, are, is the IRS have the tooling to be able to like calculate? It would be nice if the IRS just said, okay, here's what you owe. Yeah. And we're pretty confident in this. And then you can go back and like just maybe dispute that or make sure it's, it's the same as like it is now, right? Like even now, the IR before crypto, the IRS will not tell you what your liability is. You have to tell them how much you owe them. And then if they audit you and they determine you're wrong, then you can you have to make it right. So do they have it now, the functionality? They might. Uh, they might not, but um, when it comes to tax avoidance, there's no statute of limitations. So if in 10 years they find out that you avoided taxes, they can still come after you. Um, um, they have here's made a question it pretty... for you. So yeah. what is the, in America, what is the number of dollars that you don't, that, that is okay, uh, that is below the, 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 what do you call it, tax evasion law? Because in Canada, you can like if you fuck up by five thousand, let's say you're you're good to go. Nobody really the 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 revenue agency itself doesn't care. I believe it's six hundred, but I'd have to double check on that. Oh fuck, that's low. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah, like my tax really liability low, is man. Like probably more it than is. my house, yeah. and so it's like, oh crap. Um, yeah, no, I'm in I'm in the same boat. Like, it's ridiculous. But yeah, any anything. So like I, I do, I probably did like ten thousand plus uh, just trades alone this year off of exchanges mm-hmm. and using tools like uh, Stake Tax and a coining. That's how I've like captured most of everything that I've done, and then some like manual CSV entries. Uh, I am s- hoping that uh, Poppy's tool comes out and can uh, improve my Terra data set better than uh, Stake.tax was. Uh, I guess I have until April to uh, find out. So hopefully he launches uh, on time. But yeah, there's a, a whole it, bunch you have to track. Are you going to file for like a delay uh, extension? I probably will. A lot of it's going to depend on how the market is in April. If the market's like, up a lot, I might just go ahead and pay it uh, during April when it's up. Like I would have mm-hmm. loved to have paid it in November because <laughs> now I'm, uh, I mean, almost everyone's like halfway down right now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I've got, you know, some sitting in like USDC just like hanging out there just as worst case scenario, you know, it's not really where I'd like to put my money, but um, yeah, have to. Cool. Well, thanks for uh, chatting about that. I really appreciate that. Um, and hopefully, man, you know, if you could just have it like an API key that hooks up and then automatically keeps importing stuff, but having to manually import stuff, it's a, it's kind of a pain. Do you think it'll get to the point where it's automated? So it can just suck it. Have suck you it off used the uh, tools like a Cointing before? So you put in like your Exchange API keys in there. They do a great job of working with exchanges and pulling in all your trades. So if you're doing anything on like Coinbase, KuCoin. Kraken, like if you do any trading there, like it's it's great. It records every single thing. What and then they also have integrations for popular chains. So if, if you're doing anything on Ethereum, if you're doing anything on a Binance Smart Chain, uh, I believe even Cardano, like they're tracking that stuff pretty good. But what they're not tracking is all these new layer ones that have come out in the past couple of years, like Terra, Near, Avalanche. They don't no one has integrations for these yet. So the best thing that you can do is like export CSVs from these chains. Um, so that's where tools like what uh, Poppy is doing with TrackTerra for the Terra blockchain. Uh, State.tax does this for Terra, Atom, and Solana. And then uh, my company that uh, I started this year, we're working on trying to track a whole bunch of the different Cosmos tokens. So things like uh, Atom, Juno, uh, expert everything that's going to be launching on cosmos we're trying to just collect csvs from there so that we can feed these into other tax software so people can print off their forms but yeah it's a, it's a really hard problem to solve mm-hmm. what's your company um so it's kind of in between right now so i have my own company where i do like a whole bunch of consulting and stuff but I just recently decided to partner up with a uh, buddy of mine that I've been working with for the past six years. And we're actually going to uh, be developing the software. We've already started just on our own time, but we actually haven't formed the company yet. So it probably won't be until uh, next tax season. Yeah. So how's this going to play out? Because there's clearly going to be a lot of prepared for this. I mean, I guess the government has no incentive to be nice to these people and i think they've already kind of anticipated this is the way we're going to pay for this huge expense this you know the budget proposal uh we're going to charge those crypto people so <laughs> yeah having having it figured out in advance i think 
But yeah, did you see what they're doing in uh, India? I think they just announced today that like they're going to make crypto legal, but they're just going to put like, I think almost like a, a sales tax on it of 30%. Anytime you do a transaction that goes to the government. Uh, I read that right. It's a profit tax or gains tax. Gains there, tax? There's okay. a 1% transaction tax. That's ridiculous. E- either way. <laughs> you know That's what the good. kicker is? Nah. You're, you can't tax loss harvest. Oh. So you literally have to be like net positive every year, more than 30% in order wow. to pay for that tax. It's wild. Or sorry, for it to be worthwhile. Yeah, that's pretty crazy. It, it seems like it's going to like incentivize, you know, void and other things that make things anonymous, which is unfortunate because you want the largest number of people that are innovating and making more efficient financial systems and also paying taxes. Um, and so I hope that, you know, they find a happy medium. I know it's a difficult problem, but you don't want to tax so ridiculously that it drives people to, you know, be uh, unsupportive of the tax system. Anyway, that's the philosophical take, but that's interesting. I agree. I mean, I think crypto is going to change a lot. I don't know which way it's going to change, but it kind of feels like a lot of these things aren't sustainable, like a 30% capital gains. It's kind of crazy. Yeah. So do you like shoot for long-term gains? I guess what you're supposed to do. Um, it's oh, sorry, I was more talking to... about the, the whole India thing. Uh, for my personal thing, I'm uh, all short-term gains. I, I feel like the amount of money that I can make by doing short-term trades outweighs the uh, benefits of holding these coins for long-term. Yeah. So I'm pretty much, uh, I have nothing in the 20% tax bracket. But also a lot of my uh, crypto uh, is in a Roth account. So I've already paid tax on it. So I don't pay tax anymore because I've already paid uh, all the tax up front. So I get to uh, go another, I don't know, how many years? 59, another 18 years. I get to go another 18 years of not paying uh, tax on those uh, coins unless the, uh, the laws change in the States. So you can set up a Roth IRA and then you create a wallet and then anything that goes on in that wallet is not taxed? Pretty much. So I have a uh, Roth IRA LLC. I have a Roth 401k LLC. So both my IRA and my 401k, they both hold, uh, they have a, a wallet and I do uh, crypto trading with those wallets. And because they're Roth, I've already paid tax on them. So any gains in the future, there's no tax on it. I just have to wait till I'm uh, 59 to uh, touch that money. There's a couple ways around that, but that's the main idea. Mm-hmm. And there's some really yeah. cool ways to like get a lot of money in there because a lot of people are like, oh, you can only put in $6,000 a year into your IRA or oh, you can only put in 19500 a year to your 401k. But there are lots of ways to do more than that. There's things called like the mega backdoor, but you can, if you're married, like you, I could show you how to put in like 116k a year if you're interested. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. Uh, I'll message you offline or something. Yeah, for sure. Uh, not sure that'll help with 2021, but <laughs> yeah, <laughs> going pretty forward, much the, if you get, pretty yeah. much the only thing you can do for 2021. Have you ever heard of a charitable remainder unit trust? Yeah. All right. So the the idea is that uh, say that you've made like I don't know a million dollars of uh, gains that you're going to owe taxes on this year. What mm-hmm. you can do instead of uh, paying those gains is you can donate that million dollars. 
to a charitable remainder trust mm -hmm. and you have the charitable remainder trust sell it at the peak time. So charities, they don't ever pay any kind of tax at all. What is Finn saying about me? Dan said he was going to do all of our taxes for us. <laughs> that is definitely not true, Finn. Oh, and also just a disclaimer, I am not a certified financial advisor. I don't have a tax degree or nothing. There's just personal knowledge that I've acquired that I'm sharing. But yeah, um, so the Charitable Remainder Trust, you basically donate like a million dollars to the charity. You get a humongous tax write-off. So you might get like a, a 400K tax deduction for the year. So like if you also have some gains you're trying to offset, you can do that. And then you basically set up an annuity where you say, hey, for the rest of my life, I'm going to pay myself 7% uh, of whatever the balance of the charity is. And you can still like invest in the charity. So you could still do crypto trading inside of the charity and keep growing it. But the whole idea is that at the end of your life, that at least 10% of whatever was in the charity is left to go to a charitable organization. It's, it's a really interesting way to uh, avoid taxes right now if you have a lot of capital gains. I haven't personally done it, but I had thought about it before. Yeah. Yeah, I've heard of that. Um, it sounds like a little bit of work to get set up. So kind of like a risk cost benefit analysis. Um, <clears throat> but yeah, maybe uh, I should look at that. Cool. Well, thanks, Zarya. I took you down the rabbit hole there. Yeah, no problem, man. I, I love talking about this stuff. I actually recorded some of the videos from the conference, so I'm going to try to get those up because there's one that was really interesting on uh, how crypto and staking works that I thought the community would be really interested in hearing. I just got to make sure they're cool with me sharing it before I uh, post it. Yeah, where are you going to post it? Um, I am open to suggestions. I mean, I have a YouTube channel, so I could probably post it there. It's like a 20-minute clip. The other idea was that I could just kind of like try to break down the content of it in either a uh, a blog on my site or some tweets or do a space on it. But yeah, I haven't figured that out yet. Sweet. Maybe we can set up a taxes channel um, in this Discord and can yeah. post it there. That'd be pretty cool. Awesome. Cool. Well, thanks. I'm going to drop off. Thank you, everybody. See you guys. Thanks for checking out another episode of The Ether. That was a chat from the Terra Investment Strategies Discord server hosted by Orbital Command. Uh, you'll hear Rebel DeFi. You'll hear Joseph. Uh, I think Dan B. A whole bunch of other cats that hang out there in the Discord. Uh, the first part was a Jackal Dao introduction, and then they go into talking about some other stuff, uh, galactic grids and, and what have you. Recorded on Monday, February 1st, 2022. This episode of the Ether was brought to you by Talus. Talus Protocol is the NFT platform for independent artists on Terra. Talus helps to provide artists with the tools and resources needed to transition from traditional art into the NFT world. With their V1 launch coming soon, Talus will be the place to see real-world art reflected on Terra. Be sure to join their Telegram and follow Talus on Twitter for updates on their roadmap, validator, and other Talus news. Find your next favorite artist on talus.art. This episode of the Ether is also brought to you by Orbital Command, a community validator on Terra dedicated to educating, expanding, and promoting the lunatic community. Take advantage of their Terra Luna Intel report on Telegram, which brings you the hottest news and updates on all things Terra each and every day. Find it using the link in the show notes. You can also support their community efforts by considering them next time you're delegating or redelegating your Luna. 
Find out more at orbitalcommand.io. TerraSpaces appreciates the support from all our sponsors. For TerraSpaces.org, I'm Finn. Thanks for listening. Laying there at night while I'm counting sheep Brain on repeat, no amount of please Would you shut the fuck up? Yo, I'm trying to sleep Not till you write it down to remind your genius ass in the morning When you wake up to realize it was nothing more than a weird dream And you feel like everybody's on the tape But things aren't always what they seem What's real to me isn't real to you Living this reality is barely new And if you've seen this little feud You'd be filling up your gas tanks too We're living in a fucking simulation of a simulation Don't look back or you'll get sucked into the miscommunication All this dumb fucking ruckus Drink bleach here Keep a tight demeanor and swing for the bleachers This ball is crushed I feel like I wanna kick the bucket over, spill the fun, release some other means of hunting. All these silly motherfuckers coming at us like we don't got a bunch of guns or something. These are fucked up times we're living in, and I don't need the judgment. Free the suffer, no need to suffer. The leaders busted freedom, hunter disagreements, wander cold streets filled with screaming bottom feeders. Take me to your leaders, blasting propaganda through the speakers. So if you wanna build, let's build. But if you wanna steal, get buried in the field. Double duty at the rocket, Rudy, coppin' fruity, not a newbie. Got the rubies, hostile, looking like Chewbacca threw me through the window. Fucking sue me, now I'm looking all hypnotic, bougie with a bunch of suckers I went to school with who barely knew me. Students sitting here, fucking clueless, looking at the next duck, trying to see who the goose is. Should've paid more attention to the hole in the boat. Now tell me why y'all still vote. Spaces.